0: Check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Alina had a first person perspective of watching the ship Comfort roll in to the harbor in New York City in the midst of the fear and confusion of the first wave of the
1: pandemic. So, we've been living in Jersey City for almost 20 years. And, um, you know, we, you know, I cover a lot of events in New York. So New York City metro area. I think we've heard something in January, but nothing really concrete or anything. And then in February, we heard about, you know, this virus in China. And I remember that, you know, you have a logical part of thinking and then the, the other side of your thinking and logically we're like yeah of course it's a virus it's in one side of the world nowadays you can go anywhere in no time on the other hand it's like oh it will take a while maybe it doesn't make it here of course it's illogical it doesn't make it here but i think it's a kind of a self defense protection kind of mechanism although false i think you know but the first thing that comes to mind and then around Valentine's Day, so mid-February, we went to a bookstore here in the area. They have all sorts of social events. And they have social events you know, for um, Valentine's Day, uh, pre-Christmas, pre-Holiday, just kind of get together, talk about books and whatever. And that was the, the last like social event. <laughs> and then I had two more events to cover in New York at the very end of of February. And that was that. And then it kind of just, you know, everything kind of shut down. (laughs) You know? Um, So that's basically how how it started. Yeah, I think it became real when they announced the first case uh, on the West Coast. Kind of like, oh, gosh, it's here now. (laughs) And even then it's like, oh, but West Coast, East Coast, it might take a while, maybe, you know, you you're still hope, but you know, it doesn't happen. Uh, I think on, on TV mostly, and I think there were some, you know, print media, online, you know, all sorts of things. That there, were. I think CNN mentioned something, and then the whole social media, uh, but it wasn't quite clear what was going on, and I remember the first time we heard that the Chinese guys put up a, a hospital in a day whatever, 10, whatever it was, you know, like a handful of days. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did they do that? And then they turned Javits Center here in New York and like overnight into a hospital. So I've been covering HIV and AIDS for about 20 years that I said, but I cannot speak myself to the early day, to the early days of the pandemic. I know them from the, or through the stories they've been told to me, right? So I never really lived through the early moments of a, of a pandemic and pandemic like in, in the sense of crisis in general, right? And here we are, or here we were last year, you know, smack in the middle in at the beginning of that the, the crisis, which I think is still going on. Look, look what's going on in, in, in India right now. So it's, it's not over. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. Well, I, I have to say that I think COVID is a blessing in disguise in many ways. I think mother nature needed it badly because it couldn't understand to just let it breathe, let her breathe, you know, mother nature. Um, I think we needed it too if we could manage to stay alive you know, and healthy because it put a lot of things into perspective and it it, it it really helped me revisit, readjust, you know, my goals, what I was doing, what I wasn't doing, people that I could depend on and not a lot of friends and people who I thought that they knew better. The whole, you know, they didn't want to wear a mask. Uh they're teasing me slash bullying kind of that ha ha, ha you're afraid, you know, why are you afraid of a virus? And you know, there are people who you think that they know better and it's a little, it's it's a little bit disappointing because you realize, and I'm talking you as in general, you, right? A person, uh, you realize that when you need your friends to save their lives and to protect their lives, protect your life, you cannot really depend on them. You are taken, oh yeah, you're, you're, you're scared, you're scared. Uh, and it's, it's not a big deal, but it is you don't expect it, you know. And I lost so I'm I'm a freelancer. You know how hard it is you work on projects, you might work for magazines, I was picking up a bunch of to be projects. I was a, I was all excited about it, you know. <laughs> and then everything stopped. And I you know it's 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 very hard to stay positive with a positive state of mind during this time, and, and I, I'm I'm lucky, I mean, I still have a roof over my head, I have food in the fridge, you know, we didn't get sick, knock on wood, you know, our parents, you know, which are in Europe, for both of us, in Germany too, you know, and they didn't, we didn't get sick, and they are not the youngest, you know, because we are not the youngest anymore, but you, and you cannot get in touch, but well, you, we do the FaceTime and, you know, WhatsApp stuff, but, you cannot be there. You don't know what's going on, so you are spread very thin. And on the other hand, it's like, oh, now you have time to do stuff and spread even thinner because oh, let's do this and let's do that and let's try that. And what takes or takes up a lot of time, eats up a lot of time, is or was, I should say, especially last year, the washing and cleaning and disinfecting and gloves and mask and oh my gosh, I touch this and it might be or not true or might be or might not be true, but we don't know or we didn't know. So we are like, you know, freaked out and I, I can say this. And I'm, I'm telling everybody this is I personally am mentally exhausted. I'm just now is better. And I can only imagine how are the people who know who would you know, got sick or had lost loved ones or lost their jobs or lost their homes, or how are they? I mean, really. So it's not a walk in the park. Yes. You know, you can stay away from it as much as possible, but you don't know. And then it's really infuriating when you see people on the street without the mask. not now, (laughs) back in the day last year. And you're like, really? You, you're you're trying to squeeze into you know physically distance and they squeeze in between it's like this is not for you to squeeze in between this is for us to to spread up you know and it, it really overall that all the little pieces that you had to take care of and to take into considerations while living under the pandemic um it it, it, it can get to you Yes, we're, we're getting much better now. I think we are the seventh state that we have or the yeah, over 70%. We're where reaching herd immunity, so we're getting there. The vaccines themselves were, <laughs> you know, there's a full-time job right there just to make an appointment. But I think overall, you know, in Jersey City, in, I don't know for sure, but as a state, New Jersey, is so, it's the seventh state that has reached or it's about to reach herd immunity. They just announced it. Um, so, I guess we're doing better. It took away uh, all my, you know, contracts and assignments. And, you know, I, I, I photograph people and I interview people for magazines. I couldn't photograph people anymore. So, and, and then it, it takes a while to adjust. So it, it took away the, the income part of it. It also, it, it, it's not only that it takes away stuff, but but it doesn't really leave anything. So you, you don't, I, I didn't know really what to do. That's why I started all sorts of projects just to kind of keep myself Busy and then I realized I, I would have like to I would like to 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 document it somehow you know informally. I, last year actually I was interviewed for a virtual course making meaning in a pandemic for the a Buffalo uh, it's a Canisius College in Buffalo New York. So we talked about using photography mostly and writing in capturing pandemics like HIV AIDS and now COVID and some. Uh, similarities, you know, in AIDS walk, um, opening ceremony, they sing or they perform, you'll never walk alone. You know, it's like, metaphorically, right. And here we have to walk alone. So we'll be together eventually. So the whole isolation part of it. Uh, so the, I think there are some parallels, you know. And then also, I started to um, look at how we use our hands and hand gesture. I had some photographs. I have a photograph in a pandemic archive project, which is an online project started by an artist in um, New Orleans. So I I think it's this, you know, you are told to stay inside and then you you stay inside, but you still, especially as a creative, I think, um, and not only, but I think we we feel that we, we need to do something to contribute in some way. So yeah, so I've done it, but I I really think that the good part of the pandemic There's no good part in the the pandemic, but I think it reset a lot of the way we think. It reset and helped me personally to reevaluate, you know, what's important, what's not in terms of projects, goals, um, people too. I know the one person is less important than the other, but you know, as I was saying, you know, Wearing the mask or not—I mean, uh, um, you know—and all that. Uh, so I think, again, I think if we can manage to stay healthy, or even if not, how would we get sick to get over it? You know, to get well again. I, I think the pandemic is actually—I think it recalibrated a lot of aspects in life, personal life, and in general. Oh, thank goodness for technology! <laughs> thank goodness for technology. Look at us now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, you know, we learn how to do things, you know, in different ways. You know, we learn how to teach online, and it, 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 it's all good. I'm having an international background and having to stay in touch with um, my folks online, I, you know, we use a lot, you know, of FaceTime, right, and video chatting and stuff like this. I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not completely unfamiliar, you know, uh, but, but, but it's a little bit different, you have to adjust. But also um, technology is good if you can afford it for those who can afford it. And again, this pandemic has unveiled a lot of issues. Kids who depend on the school lunches, for example, Uh, kids who don't have a tablet or an iphone or a smartphone or a computer or you know you think that of course you have well it turned out no it's not true don't think just because a layer of the society has all this and i'm grateful to have it i don't take anything for granted it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has it the same with here now you know the pandemic is much better in the us but look at, in, at india right if in one place is good the situation gets better it doesn't mean that it's overall better and it can come back to you in no time well i'm gonna start with the picture behind me you know it was all doom and gloom and. Uh, I think people already start to forget what, how it was last March, April. And then they send out the ships, uh, the hospital ships. Comfort came here, you know. Comfort reaches New York, and I think there's another one in the LA. And I was watching it passing by, exactly like the, the picture behind me, passing by Statue of Liberty and then turning around and, and up, going up the Hudson to the pier here next to Jet Center. And I literally had tears in my eyes, and there was like there are all sorts of tiny little boats and ferries and police boats <laughs> following it, you know, like a veil of boats. And I felt that, oh my gosh, I literally, it literally felt like comfort is hope is coming to New York. And there's a sign here uh, on the Hudson. It says something like New York thanks you or something like that. You know, big red letters. And he said, I don't know why that sign is there. (laughs) I have no idea. But when he passed by it, it's kind of like New York was thanking Comfort for finally reaching New York. I think that was the first sign that, well, maybe maybe there's some hope there somewhere. It was really bleak for a while. I remember the first time when I when I figured out that I, we had to stay six feet apart in line to get in the grocery stores because for a while, I was, the only thing that I was doing, I was just grocery store and back, which is like uh, exciting. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, you stay and then you look around to see who's wearing the mask, who doesn't, <laughs> with the nose out or not, uh, you know, and then you wait outside, And it was cold and because in March in the Northeast, it, it can be cold. Uh, so yeah, when the first time I saw that they're six feet apart, and I didn't really, I you know you you don't realize. I call it that it doesn't really click until it does. You know you you see it happening, you understand it's happening, but it doesn't quite sink in until it does sink in. When I was talking, you know, day day to day life with the with COVID, all this waiting in line, it it adds up. Again, there are little things that adds up. It becomes like this obsession you have to do this. But what do you do the first thing when you wake up? You drink your coffee and you check to see what's the situation. Uh And after a while, I, I just, I, I just, couldn't you turn on the TV? They had numbers there. They're going up and up and up and up. The streets were kind of empty, but not really. It was never really a full shutdown, complete shutdown. Much better now, but you know, drag, drag. Um, so yeah, it was this, I'm into this darkness and, you know, I lost all my sources of income. I lost basically everything. I have no idea how to get back out. And there's nothing, nothing it's happened. Just more and more and more. dead and people under this um, pictures of um, I think a, a guy, a nurse was on a ventilator and they took him off after a while and he started to cry when he looked at himself in mirror because so he, he couldn't recognize himself. And you know, all sorts of stories like this, you know, and people, you know, saying goodbye through FaceTime and glasses and windows and whatnot and watching their own face, I can only imagine, you know, to see when their loved ones, their loved ones take their last breath anyway. stories like this even if you had didn't have anybody sick that you knew it's impossible not to get to you they had Pfizer in Europe and they have Moderna here and Pfizer here then Uh, and then Johnson & Johnson so I had to check with the uh, you had to register with the state and then with the county and then with the city and then you had to go I had like two computers, no what but computer tablet, whatever, whatever, whatever I could get <laughs> how many devices I could use to get online, you know. And I was keeping, you know, refresh, you know, hitting the refresh button every so many seconds. Maybe, maybe there's an appointment. So and I did that for Europe too, for our guys in Europe too. They they, they figure out themselves, but you, you don't know. So here I am on you know US time for Germany time. <laughs> It was, and after a while, and then when when the first appointment for my husband was available, I was like, you, you don't realize because it, it's the same screen every time you hit enter and you're like, okay, just hit enter, keep on going. And then all of a sudden, there's this different screen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got an appointment. And it was like, the, the next day at whatever time, I don't know, it was like, I said, you know what? I'll take it first. And then I tell him. I was like, honey, I do yes. But but what can you do? Because if you you know if you don't hit the you know enter button, the refresh button right there and then to get it, it's gone. And then you drive an hour and then you go through this squiggly line of cars after cars after cars and they they drive you to they send you through these garages. (laughs) I mean, and then you wait in the parking lot for like 15 minutes. You know you have to wait like 15 minutes after the vaccine or whatever i mean it was i got it at a pharmacy here one of those right age and ah, i got it much later you know but just by the time it, it's so much stress and work and do this and do that by the time you actually get to have the vaccine they can kill you at this point you really don't care anymore. <laughs> just give me that shot let me out of here hopefully i'll be able to drive home safely <laughs> Did that. One friend of ours, a neighbor, he was you know trying to get appointments for other friends and then he would never get appointment for him, for himself. <laughs> like you have to get your own appointment. And then I talked to other friends from California and other places. They were helping people like you know, senior citizens that may not be quite familiar to using the computer and you know refreshing pages and logging in and whatever all that stuff because not everybody knows so they're helping others to do you know to to get appointments i am humble and i'm grateful and thank goodness we survived it but there are scars
0: Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.